Hello folks. For the next couple weeks, we will be taking a quick break to share our new campaign using the 1879 RPG system. This system is also created by Fossa Games and uses very similar mechanics with the settings centered around an alternative history version of Victorian era Britain, where the accidental opening of a portal to another world triggers the magic cycle to start up again. So it takes place thousands of years after the Earth Dawn timeline. If you enjoy, you can catch a dedicated feed for these episodes and future ones under the name Boneyards and Boojums in your favorite podcast app. We originally thought of this as a fun Halloween holiday one-shot, but uh, enjoy the system and setting so much we're going to keep it going with new story arcs every few weeks. We have plenty more of the Name Givers campaign though to come, with three more episodes remaining in our first season and have already recorded eight more sessions beyond that for our second season, including three with a special guest. We hope you enjoy this uh, bonus content. Salutations, dear listeners. This is Boneyards and Boojums, an 1879 RPG actual play podcast. Chapter 1. It's Punky Night Tonight. Seventh of October, eighteen seventy-nine. Madame, forthwith you are requested to investigate supernatural affairs encompassing the village of Buckleberry in Berkshire. Discretion and secrecy are of utmost importance. Your findings are to be reported in writing to Miss Gavalry Wells Morton of forty-seven Kings Road, Newbury. Gramercy. So out of the characters of Mrs. Cross, Manatrafini, uh, Dr. Winter, and Amos, which one um, would be the one who received this correspondence, do we think? Who may have actively been looking for work? Not it. I mean... Or member of the elite. Madame <laughs> <laughs> Trafini could, I mean... Yeah, because that was my thought. The Trafini is, like, yeah. probably seeking this stuff out. Yeah. I'm going to say the individual looking to hire people is um, if you think your character um, would not normally do this thing or would not seek this out, then this person has maybe blackmailed you or convinced you otherwise yeah. to take the job. Uh, you don't have to reveal what the situation is right now. We can get into that later, but uh, that's how I'm kind of seeing this. Okay, because it's sort of upper alley anyways, investigating supernatural affairs. 
Yep, that's what I figured. She might be really interested in this stuff. Oh yeah, this is sort of up her alley, her actual alley, as opposed to gamming people <laughs> with, you know, the fake readings. Yeah, so was Madame Trefini like a false medium she, before this? She, she was a, she, like, she's always been a medium. It's just that all of a sudden she actually does see things and know things and she's a little bit it was a little freaky at first but she's gotten the hang of it but she was totally like a charlatan before that you know tarot cards reading your palms looking into crystal balls reading tea leaves you know that whole the whole shebang nice you know the worked with with somebody who like helped her jimmy rigged like so the table would shake things like that Okay, so why don't I set a scene that you are all uh, on the train bound for Reading, UK, from London. Um, you have all been organized in some way. We will... Um, Pam, do you think Benetrophy would have hired us, you know, uh, organized things, or do you think you just showed up and these people were already there? Um, she, I mean, she's worked with Miss Cro- Mrs. Cross before. Okay, excellent. Uh, you know, they worked together on, on something else before, so she would have gone to her, her friend Mrs. Cross and tried to lure her in with the mystery. With some oh yeah, sort she's, of she's totally down. Absolutely. Yeah. It gets her out of the house. Yeah, and probably, but, but she might not have, like, organized the other two, because she doesn't know them yet. Okay. And, uh, Amos, how do you think you got into this situation? I mean, that one of the others uh, would understand that I am a hunter of beasts and men. Okay. And being as this is a hunt for something, that they may have hired me for my services in order to find whatever it is. Works. I mean, we do. Mrs. Cross is definitely into getting a bodyguard. Yeah, we we would have needed some help, so maybe leave Mrs. Cross in charge of finding um, somebody a little more burly. get much burlier than a dwarf unless you go up <laughs> and uh for mrs or for dr winter um <laughs> who do you think would have introduced her into the group are you asking dr winter <laughs> i don't know i'm asking anyone yeah. i mean because we probably especially mrs cross and, and madame Trefini from last time know that having somebody maybe with a little more medical knowledge could be useful we got shot at a lot last time. Poor Charlotte. Uh, yeah, <laughs> rest in peace. I don't know if she lived or not. But... Yeah, I'm not sure if she made it out. <laughs> but uh, perhaps went looking for somebody who could help us with that on the okay, you know, sort of on the sly because we don't obviously don't want to be too out and open with what we're doing. Okay, so that makes sense. So maybe we'll go with yeah, Madame Truffini. You have been commissioned by uh, whomever. Uh, it's a bit of a mystery in this one, uh, but you are—you do know you're being paid quite well uh, for this, so you're able to kind of split the amount amongst some other folks uh, to get the job done. And uh, maybe they have interest, or maybe they have interest in the cash that's being offered. Maybe they have interest in the supernatural affairs part of it. We're not sure, but I would say, yeah, you're able to organize everyone together, get them onto a, a train right away uh, out of London. Uh, heading towards Reading, UK, and um, well, we sort of seen at a hmm, would you probably take coach or coach class, but still have like a table and like a little yeah. booth or something like that? Yeah, like sort of like the the coach, but like our own little because a lot of the trains had their own little sort of units. Yeah, like so I'd imagine you're all sitting. Yeah, so you're all sitting in a. Uh, yeah, one of those train, one of those units that's uh, like a sliding kind of booth. Yeah, if you've yeah. seen Harry Potter, you've 
seen what they are. Oh, yeah, okay. So, a lot of the older trains in Europe had that. That was how they were set up. Okay, so you got your own little private thing then. Yeah, with the sliding door. Nice. Um, and maybe what we'll do is we'll go around the table and everybody describe what their character looks like around this... Um, uh, right. In this little cubby? I don't know what they call it. Uh, let's start with Mrs. Cross. All right. Mrs. Cross is a human. Uh, so she's uh, she'd be considered dressed smartly if... <laughs> She'd had enough, a little more money to put into her outfit as it stands. You know, everything's just a little bit dusty, a little bit wrinkled, a little bit well-worn. Um, but uh, she's, yeah, sort of got a keen eye and stuff. Okay. And how about Amos? Amos is a very well-dressed gentleman. Um, when he walks in, he actually takes a large hunting rifle off of his shoulder and plunks it down beside him and flops down. Uh, he has a very well-trimmed uh, beard, and he is extremely burly, but he is only four feet tall. And he's a Boojum, right? He is. He's a dwarf. So for those not aware what Boojum means, that's anyone who's transformed from human into either dwarf, elf, snark, or troll, and survived the transformation at that. Uh, suddenly two years ago, or within the last two years. I think it's still spreading as kind of like a disease almost, as and, far uh, as I remember. As, I... as, as he plunks down, he will go, hmm, how quaint. <laughs> uh, Madame Trefini, what does she look like? Um, she has dark hair. Right now it's just sort of piled up and pulled up high with sort of a headscarf on. Um, she's dressed fairly well, but in slightly bright, slightly brighter colors. And more to catch your eye like the jewelry everything well it probably isn't real it's made to be eye-catching to to draw you into her and keep your focus away from other things as that she might be doing um she's got a night you know her her coat is to the side and she's got you know her, her bag to the side just the nice cloth bag but, and she kind of eyes the new people up as they come in and she's just idly has a deck of cards in her hand that she's just idly shuffling through. Excellent. And how about Dr. Winter? What does she look like? Well, she has her hair parted in the middle and pulled back into a bun and she just has a sort of slim fitting dress on but quite long to her, to her feet and with a little bit of a puff sleeve but very kind of demure and not showy because she wants to be seen as a professional. And she has her doctor's bag with her, which is like a black leather bag just filled with some supplies. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'd imagine this is a few hours of a trip um, along the Western Railway. Um, the, oh, let me think here. Uh, is there anything anybody wishes to do during the train ride, I guess is what I'll ask at first. Or should we cut to yeah. approaching well, as, the station? Sort of as each person sort of joins them as she's like, as they're moving along, she'll pull out a card for eat. You know, she'll like first look at Amos, pull a card out, just look at it herself, put it down and repeat the process with all looking at each of the uh, three other people. Okay, so that's really interesting. So I got to hook onto that. What do you think uh, comes, up, comes up for Amos? Just see. Do you have a deck of cards with you? I do. <laughs> I knew you'd do that. I actually have a tarot card generator online. Oh, nice. But, yeah, because I don't actually have cards in my house. That's neat. 
Yeah. So for for Amos comes the Page of Wands reversed, which uh, is no new opportunities, no good foresight, not focused on growth, and no real passion. So she just sort of looks at him, looks at the card, and tucks it away again. Appropriate. <laughs> and sort of looks over to Doctor Winter. Flips up the Seven of Pentacles upright. So patience, like being patient, waiting for the right moment, and a little bit more nu- neutral, and has no no feel, no need to rush things at the moment. So again, just sort of, and then she looks at her good friend Mrs. Cross and pulls the Death card upright, which does not always symbolize death itself. It is a natural end, a time for things to end. The old needing to give way to the new and unstoppable change, or perhaps liberation from something. So again, she just sort of looks at it, smiles, smirks, and tucks it underneath, just to get sort of to get her feel for each of her new her companions. Oh, that's so nice. Um, Love it. Yeah, (laughs) especially the one from Mrs. Cross, because I think that's actually really appropriate. I would. uh, I would assume that maybe she's trying to get out of the thumb of her employer somewhat. Out of the shadow? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And did we talk about who that was that you had been employed with? Um, yeah, it's actually uh, my uh, dearly deceased husband's cousin. Oh, okay. Uh, who essentially gave me the position because he he was a soldier, etc. I'm not going to go on and on about it. But, uh, but now she's sort of building up herself and wants to uh, get recognition for the things that she does. She is an investigator. Yeah. Excellent. So maybe we'll skip ahead and say that you all have your pleasantries and light, simple discussions, um, wondering what's going on in this town of Bucklebury or village of Bucklebury. And uh, when the train comes to a stop in Reading, it is late in the afternoon, um, probably an hour's ride um, to Bucklebury. All you know is some arrangement has been made by whomever this individual is that has left it. Um, Madame Trefini, what is your assumption of who sent this message? Hmm. I'm just curious. Let's take another look at the correspondence here. She has a feeling that it could be the same, that it could potentially be the same group that she's in, that they interacted with last time. Okay. I can't remember what they were called now, but... Hmm. Fagin? <laughs> yeah. Templars. Yeah. The Templars. Oh, the, the Templars. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. perhaps it's like somebody from within that since, you know, maybe that's one that they can't interact with again themselves okay that's her thinking on it all right i'm gonna get you to roll since it has a just an address and nothing else i'll get you to roll a perception check or awareness uh no no perception would be unless you have like knowledge of um i don't know if you can argue that one of your knowledge skills will work for this let me just see i don't even remember what i have haggle and bribery (laughs) Uh, my knowledge is occult i don't Uh, know that no, not quite. No, no. There's no evidence that this is well. Yeah, there's yeah, minor no. evidence that there's a cult involved here. But I'll get you to roll yeah. just a straight perception. I think. Okay, so that is a step seven. That is this thing into seven. One. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Nope. I'm gonna say there's a good chance that you're thinking that uh, it was signed Gramercy at the end, and you're thinking that might be a name. Okay. <laughs> um, and okay, to give you a sense of what I'll do on low rolls on investigation and perception in this game, I think I'm going to take a again a cue from Monster of the Week and games like that, 
and basically say, if you get a low perception check, I may or may not give you the truth of the situation. Yeah. So it that might be sense. right. I'm not going to give you the wrong thing necessarily, but I'll give but you something you, that you'll give us you're something. Not sure. right. You're not going to be sure. Yeah. Or, or if that's not possible, I'll give you uh, a situation that yeah. uh, is misleading in some yeah. way. Okay. So, did you share this note with anyone else? I'm wondering. Um, probably on the train while we were oh, okay. talking about what we were doing, like having a little getting to know each other and talking a little bit because we'd want to make sure people knew what we were up to. Okay, excellent. And if anyone wants to do anything with that or has any questions of me, let me know, but uh, otherwise I'll just continue on. All right, sounds good. So uh, when you're exiting the train, um, you'll see there's a handful of people at the train station there, but only one that's carrying a really poorly lettered sign with your names sort of scrawled across it, really um, not artistically. Um, very simple looking man. Um, if he wasn't the only person with a sign, you probably would have missed him. He just blend right in. Looks kind of like a farmhand or something like that. Uh, and you'll hear it coming from, Oi, you the people? We are people. Right. Come with. Uh, and he's I guess gonna, this is our ride. He's going to look at Amos and say, I will come off the train with my large hunting backpack with me and my rifle slung over my shoulder and go, <laughs> Oh, quaint. Right. Uh, never said there were no boojums in this quarry. Well, no matter. Eyes gets paids anyway, so uh, yous have business in Buckleberry? Yes. Seems like you're the clandestines types. I'm not going to say anything beyond that. I'm just going to kind of stare at him. All right, come you're on. You're the one with their names on it. And uh, they say not to ask questions, but uh, I get so little, little entertainment in my life, you hear? Um... So he's going to lead you out of the station to uh, what looks to be um, a quote-unquote carriage. It's a generous term for a carriage. It's a barely covered wagon. That's going to greet you. Um, it, but it is a solid enough of a ride. It's not going to fall apart or anything. It's just not going to be very comfortable. Uh, I'm going to ask, uh, who do you report to, sir? Oh, I, uh, Miss, Mrs. Grantham's uh, ma'am. And what does Mrs. Grantham do? She, uh... Uh, manages the the pumpkin operation in Bucklebury, and uh, oh, she said there was a special uh, need for transport to the town. Thank you. And uh, he'll set you all up and try to. He notices that probably Mrs. Cross might be a little uncomfortable with the uncomfortability of the <laughs> the ride, <laughs> and offers some extra hay or straw or something like that in a sack to Mrs. sit on. Mrs. Cross is not fancy. Oh, okay, all right. So if anyone is feeling a little uncomfortable or looking uncomfortable, he will stuff a sack full of um, I straw. I sack full of straw. <laughs> to sit I, will, I will go, oh, oh no, madam, here, use this. And I will hand her my bedroll. Why, thank you. <laughs> and I'll take a seat. <laughs> uh, so it's about a one hour carriage ride uh, from Reading Station uh, to Bucklebury. And as you're approaching the town, you'll hear, uh, and you'll find out this, this gent's name is Mr. Godfrey. That's all you really get from him. And uh, he'll say, oh, well, tonight's punky night. Uh, hope yous don't frighten easily. As punky he kind of winks at Madame Trefini. And what's punky night? <laughs> oh, uh, it's a night when the children go around. They um, uh, they march around with one of those jack-o'-lantern type things. You know, the night before Hall Hell's Eve. Um, and yeah, I forgot to mention, this is October 30th at this point. Excellent. Um, 1879. And um, they uh, go through the town and they kind of sing songs and uh, 
ask for candles for their jack-o'-lanterns and um uh they uh, you know they'll get a little rough with people who don't offer them candles uh you know not physical violence but they might pelt you with um eggs maybe or something so uh i've got i've got some candles uh in the back there if you want to (laughs) have some with you so you don't get pelted i would quite appreciate that i think we all would and as you're Approaching uh, the village of Bucklebury, which has a very small, uh, very straight-looking river passing through it. It's barely uh, a river at all, and more of a short, very narrow stream. Uh, There's not going to be any kind of boat on this river, uh, unless it's a toy boat or something. It's some, you know, tiny little thing. Um, And there's a number of buildings and... uh, most of which uh, seem to be pretty inactive. And uh, as you're approaching the town, it's uh, getting close to sunset. You're seeing a set of a group of children um, marching around. They're all uh, of the human type. They're not. None of them are the Boojums. Um, they're marching around jack o' lanterns, and you can hear them singing. Actually, um, you hear this song that goes, "It's punky night tonight. It's punky night tonight. Adam and Eve would not believe it's punky night tonight." And. Uh, and then you start hearing, give me a candle, give me a light, but if you haven't got a candle, a penny is all right, uh, as they approach the wagon. And what do you do as they're approaching the wagon? Uh, we're still moving, or has it stopped? It's slowed down quite a bit, and Godfrey is kind of reaching out for some of those candles now. Yeah. Uh, I oh, passed up reach. one. Yeah, oh, go I'm going to like just go and hop right off the back with a couple candles in hand. Thank you, miss. I will actually pull out my uh, my small change and we'll start handing out, uh, I believe they are the silver, um, not penny, the, uh, sorry, what's the next one up? My brain's having a minute here. Oh, I don't even know. Uh, pounds, is it shillings? Shillings, yeah. yeah. And then pence, right? Yes. Okay. He will take out silver uh, pence coins and hand them out instead of pennies. <laughs> Ooh, Wow. That's a twelve pence, right? I'm just going. No, no, no. The uh, the small coin. I believe oh, it's okay. a it's very small silver coin, if I remember correctly. I can't find my little cheat sheet here. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. And they were going to be. Yeah. At first, they were enamored with you just because you're a boojum, you're a dwarf, you look different, um, and they're a little afraid to approach. But now with the coins, uh, now that hearing that you're handing out coins like that, uh, they're all just not afraid anymore. Yeah. I'm handing out candles. I just don't have any smaller change, so this is the best I can do. <laughs> and Dr. Winter going to hand them a candle as well? Yes, she is. All right. And I I'll join to... the candle train. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have the ability to lose shillings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as they continue on, um, in your approaching the what appears to be the inn you're headed for, or tavern, actually, in this case, you're headed for, uh, there's actually another smaller group of children approaching, and they're all Boojums. Um, although one is big, and you're presuming this is the troll kid, uh, five foot six, probably like seven years old and five foot six. I smile warmly at them. And uh, they come by and they actually come around Amos, not knowing, of course, they, they don't know at all that you're handing out coins, but um, they they do see you as another Boojum and are like, a candle, sir? don't have the candles, but I, move, I have I, this for you, and I will give them the same thing. Yeah. I move <laughs> over and start to hand out some more candles for them. Thank you, miss. Of course, of course. You need to have your candles, don't you? And so as you're into this, they move on, uh, move along, and continue singing, and um, 
This town or village is very small, quaint, a number of homes, workhouses, church, a, shop, a few shops, and a tavern, uh, which has the sign of the Knight's Rook. Um, there are, uh, yeah, and the, the wagon is going to come to a stop, and uh, Mr. Godfrey will step off and help anyone who wants assistance off the wagon. What do you do? I need And, uh, yeah, Mr. Godfrey will offer assistance. He'll pull out a crate so you can step down. Yeah, I was already still off of the cart from handing out, just sort of walking along with it, with a bit of a bounce, a bit more of a bounce to my step now after that. Excellent. I just sling my bedroll back into my pack and jump off with my rifle. All right. Is Mrs. Cross hopping off or taking a crate assistance with a crate? I'll take assistance. Okay. And you'll offer that. Oh, I wish you well in Bucklebury, uh, uh, madams and sir. And uh, with that, he uh, sets up his uh, wagon again to take off um, to the north. We'll throw him one of those coins as well and say, thank you, good sir. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Um, I didn't catch your last name. Amos Blackstone. Blackstone, Mr. Blackstone. Well, I will remember you, sir. Have a good time. I shall. Yeah, let me see if I can find my note here. All right, uh, everyone roll perception or awareness. So that's in the dice rolls channel for those who aren't aware, and uh, ampersand and then a step. So for Delia on your step sheet, or on your character sheet, there is uh, on the left side it says dex strength, or dex strength, toughness, perception. Um, unless there's a 16 and a seven, it's actually the seven, the step thing. So ampersand seven. Excellent. Rank and awareness is three, so that makes it ten. All right, did I get everyone there? I forgot to I draw a line here. Yeah, sometimes I go. can't tell. Okay. I got a 21. Oh, my. Oh, cheapers. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Trefini is the most observant who immediately your eye is um, caught to the uh, poster that is on um, the signboard beside the entrance of the inn or tavern that is seeking information about a missing pumpkin. Uh, apparently, uh, as far as you can tell, a prize-winning giant pumpkin has gone missing. And okay. uh, with any information, please go see Mrs. Grantham at the Grantham Farm. I'm going to look at Amos and say, how quaint. Amos it's is so silent. It's like, <laughs> sorry, that didn't work. But, uh, I, I actually uh, I grump a bit and go, <laughs> agreed. I'm going to just glance at them. I think it's charming. Don't uh, you've been brought here to hunt pumpkins. You've been brought here to protect us and hunt local superstitions. Sometimes they turn out to be quite right. Mm. And I'm going to head into the tavern. <laughs> In. Okay. Everyone else going in the tavern? The Knight's Rook? Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, it has a, it, what you enter into is a fairly simple but very dusty space. It's got a simple bar area lit by a few candles, um, a few macabre decorative skulls of carved pumpkins and turnips are around, um, kind of like jack-o'-lanterns basically. Um, there's a young man at the bar, he's maybe 18, but uh, at most maybe younger, uh, he seems to be the barkeep, uh, serving up only a couple of local men who look like they basically live there. And there is a very off-key trio of musicians in the corner trying to play sea shanties. Lopez. 
What was that? I said, I will wince. <laughs> uh, but there is a table available if you wish to take it. Or what do you do? I'm going to sort of do a glance around to see if it looks like it's the planted place where you just grab it and go to the table, or if you sit at the table and they bring it to you. Uh, just you to probably have to go ask at the bar for stuff. It looks yeah. like here. Well, who's buying the first round? I guess I guess I might. Excellent. I will go over and uh, say to the barkeeper, I would like drinks at the table, please. I will have uh, an assortment of ales uh, and a light snack, uh, as well as a decanter of wine. Oh, it's pumpkin night, though. Don't you want to try the pumpkin moonshine or pumpkin brew? Right. Yes, I would. All right. I'll bring some over. Uh, would you like that other stuff, too? Yes, I not. Just in case. All right, sir. Uh, give me a few. And uh, you'll notice that he's, like, excited because this is the most orders he's gotten for anything in a long time, probably. <laughs> Other than just a couple of local guys who drink there all the time. Um, and uh, he'll come over with the drinks later on, and uh, he'll seem really unusually proud of his pumpkin drinks uh, for those who will partake. Um, seems they've been uh, making use of the local pumpkin farm and uh, fermenting them. Uh to make their quote-unquote pumpkin moonshine and another kind of pumpkin-ish flavored, but really it's quite terrible, ale um, as well. So Can I uh, get a tea? Uh, yes, uh, madam. Uh, let me see. I will, um, after I get these drinks, I'll do that. Thank you, sir. And he seems overwhelmed. He doesn't have wait staff or anything. Hmm. And uh, I'd imagine you spend some time here and just kind of relax and unwind kind of thing after a long day of travel. And as the the musicians leave and the kind of couple barflies leave, um, Madame Trefini. Yes. You're looking around, and then as uh, um, you've gotten to know this barkeep a little bit, his name is uh, Timothy Tanner, um, and uh, he generally seems pretty uh, bored in general of this place. Uh, he was excited to see you folks, but in general he seems pretty bored. And you're kind of surprised as for a second there, you're kind of looking at the bar, just kind of yourself, uh, probably ready to sleep soon. And you see, you think you saw one of the bottles just kind of float from the bar, uh, behind the bar over to the table. And that Timothy saw this and just seemed to not even blink. Huh, I'm gonna sort of look a little closer at that spot and then look at the others. I think the mystery begins. We have a floating bottle. Is there anything in the bottle? Well, it's not floating. What it did was it kind of flew from the the shelf over and just landed on the bar. Yeah, like it sort of floated over on its own. Yeah. Or, yeah. It looked like it was, you know... Like somebody picked it up and... Yep, someone picked it up, set it down there. And Timothy was just kind of like, yeah, uh, that's That's normal. (laughs) (laughs) You mean that's normal. So I'm going to... Go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm going to get up and walk over to the bar. Ah, uh, yes, uh, madam. Curious. Do the bottles do that often? You saw that, didn't you? Ah, <laughs> uh, Gran, you can come out now, and you see this apparition up here of an old woman um, in what would be old garb for those days, even probably 18th century outfit. Why? Uh, I'm just gonna grin. I'm not even gonna, like, jump or anything like that at this. Because this is exactly my wheelhouse. And she will bow and say, Oh, greetings. Uh, oh, you're a medium. Of course you you saw that. Of course I, am... I saw you. 
Mrs. Agnes Tanner is my name, and you are? I am Madame Trishini. Uh, excellent. Are you the folks that I sent for? Are you the one who asked for help with the paranormal, with the uh, supernatural occurrences? Yes. Uh, there's something a might bit supernatural going on here, and I don't mean me. Don't worry. Then that would be us indeed. Ah, uh, good. Yes, I waited for the rest to leave before uh, revealing myself. I wanted to see how, uh, what you lot would be doing, how, what you're like. Uh, tried to listen in, but there wasn't much of uh, interest to me, I guess. But anyways, uh, we'll get I might... used to each other, some of us. Yes. I could I uh, ask you to do something for me? Look into something. Here, come sit, join us, and tell the group. <laughs> kind of if you come all this way, it would be. Quite silly of us to As I go and sit back down again. Lawyer uh, is here. Well, I, call me in. <laughs> what was that? I, I sort of watch everybody's reactions to this spirit employer. Isn't this interesting? <laughs> curiouser and curiouser. And she'll say, well, I'm not te- technically the employer. I do, you can probably see that I don't have much in uh, means of fortune or gold and silver, but um, I know people. Who know people, and um, I let it be known out there. There's something worth looking into around these parts. Here to look. Oh, well, there's, um, I have to say, there's something uh, a might bit supernatural going on in this town and um, outside of this building, though. Clearly me in here, yes, that's supernatural, but I'm talking about more troublesome affairs, not just um, just some spirit roaming about, but uh, some harm being done. Can you... Describe what is being done with a little more detail? Here's the thing. I have to kind of get this information secondhand. People come in here, they talk, I hear, you know, uh, I hide in here. And uh, after what I heard, I really didn't want to be leaving this building. I don't want no sorcerer possessing me or banishing me or making some kind of thrall of me or whatever they do. So I figured I was safe here. But I may uh, not entirely be safe in here because there's a room upstairs I cannot enter. And it doesn't matter what anyone does, you open the door, whatever, I can't go in there. It just burns. I don't like that. And that's everything then? Or you said that there's something outside of here? Well, there's some nasty sights coming from the direction of the old Bucklebury Boneyard. Uh, and, uh... Oh, and then I hear today that his donkey has gone missing too. The old old, old bench from the uh, the Bucklebury estate. Um, and uh, oh, they've been missing. Livestock has gone vanished uh, last few weeks in uh, rather mysterious circumstances. At first, we thought somebody was just stealing it, but um, the traces left behind that I hear are rather more of the predator uh, type, but too big to be anything natural. Excellent. <laughs> This sounds more of my interest. <laughs> well, I dare say we start upstairs while it's late and get some rooms on the way and we can start outside tomorrow. Is the room that you can't enter currently occupied by somebody, or is it free? <laughs> As if we have customers here. Excellent, I'd like to get that room, please. Excellent. Uh, so few come to Bucklebury anymore, especially... Uh, with all these disappearances and things, so we don't want these rumors to be spreading more about that, if it's true. So yeah, she'll actually kind of float away, and I don't know which of your characters have even seen apparitions or anything of that manner yet. Um, the whole 
uh, opening of the rabbit hole and all that was only two years ago, so your character may, may or may not have had time to see apparitions, other than Madame Trefini, obviously. That's what she deals with. That's what she deals with. Yes, so. I would assume I've seen some as well, being as I am a Boosham as well, so... Yeah. What about Dr. Winter? Do we think Dr. Winter has seen a ghost before, or has this just freaked her out? I think given that, you know, I'm pretty practical, this is kind of a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. So, keeps that neutral um, <laughs> look about, I guess, just like yeah. the tarot, tarot card said. My eyes a little bit popping out of my head, seeing this apparition kind of floating away here. And what about Mrs. Cross? She's never seen an apparition. Uh, may have come across weird things before and she's you know wearing her poker face but she's a, a little unnerved <laughs> all right uh she'll lead you upstairs and uh there's only about four rooms here anyways um she will point at the one in the northeast corner of this floor and uh there's a, the door's open but she says oh, I, I can't enter there i don't understand I'll take that one. I'm going to just walk straight towards it. Okay. Are you going to walk right in? Yep. Or are you gonna... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, well, stop first at the door and kind of look look over it and just on the off chance that anything was like marked onto it somehow, like the door frame and things like that. Okay. Um, and I am going to reach into my backpack and grab my goggles and I will put them on top of my head and okay. go in as well. You're going to go into the can't read room, the ghost can't enter it room? you of course but yes <laughs> okay and uh, do you does madame trefini have anything like evidence analysis or anything like that uh, no evidence analysis i've got um just wondering if you had any no we could go straight perception here it's a knowledge okay. occult right yeah, oh, yeah. knowledge of the occult oh okay roll that how about that okay i'm just because i didn't mark in the attributes what do you, anyone it'd be perception, perception. Perceptions, yep. that would be a seven. That would be a nine. Okay. Okay, that's enough to know that you pro you think you the first thing just comes to your mind is you might be looking for some salt on the floor. Okay. And lo and behold you do see the remnants and there's not much left but of a salt line on the floor. Okay. At the I'm gonna, doorway. I'm just gonna like crouch down right away and just lick my finger and run it along to try to get as much of the salt up as I can. And yeah, you're able to kind of scatter that and yeah. do a little you... taste test to make sure it was salt. Yeah, definitely salt. Um, <laughs> it's an odd flavor for salt. Uh, there's something else mixed into it too, you think? Nothing okay. that causes any pain or poison or anything, yeah. but <laughs> you're wondering, okay, what else is in this? I don't know. Maybe ash, you think? Hmm. I'm going to, like, collect a little bit, as much of it as I can, like, get a little hanky and fold it up for later. Okay. I'm going to uh, crawl down on the floor and flip down my goggles and start crawling around looking, seeing if there's any interesting sign. Okay. Uh, how about Elmo's roll perception or awareness? Okay. Basically, I'm looking for any signs of tracks or anything like that. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, should I just use perception or tracking? Yeah. Uh, I think tracking, you have to know who you're tracking first. Okay, already, you've already found the tracks that you're tracking. Yeah, yeah. Six, okay, that's pretty good. It's, yeah, you don't think there's necessarily tracks here, but you do, while you're looking through here, uh, you're able to detect that there may have used to have been some kind of sigil drawn on the ground with this salt and 
um, ash mixture. On closer look, it appears there used to be some kind of sigil here. Would this be something you would know of, Madame Trefini? I'll go to try to see if I can sort of, with his help, pointing it out, see if I can figure out what it was, or at least part of it, and trace it, and copy it out. Yeah, maybe I'll get you to roll, um, again, perception on this one. We'll go with the actually go occult, occult with it, occult? actually. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, 14, okay, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> you're thinking this has to do with a mage, um, something involving a mage. Uh, probably a ritual of some kind was done here. You have no idea what the reason might be, uh, but there's definitely some magic has been active here. Okay. And maybe you presume with the word at the door, they didn't want to be seen or interfered with, with yeah. by spirits. Fair enough. So I'm going to glance back. Would my, Mrs. Tanner, would you be a dear and try coming in? It should, it should be fixed now. And she's going to sort of wince to brace going through yeah. this, and then yeah, it goes through, no problem. Oh, well, what did you do? There was salt on the floor. Well, is salt a problem? I mean, we use it in our food here sometimes. With the food, it should be fine, but one can place a line of salt to protect against spirits or prevent spirits. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, then. I'm glad that mystery is solved, but... Yes. Um, I would suggest perhaps the floors be swept a little more thoroughly if that becomes... A, if you notice a problem like that, just have someone sweep the floors a little more thoroughly. And you see her kind of disappear through the floor, go downstairs, basically just right through the floor and yell, <laughs> Timothy, you need to clean more. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she'll come back up and say, well, thank you for this. Um, of course, of course. Feel free to stay here the night. Um, we, uh, it's a modest place and uh, no charge. But um, uh, we will. Um, do you need anything else from me? I don't tend to like coming out in the day, so. No, I uh, think. If you have any questions Madam, about me now. Might I ask who had this room last before this happened? Well, we haven't actually had any customers staying over, so someone must have just kind of snuck in during the day and uh, done this. Hmm. That's never nice. Is there anybody in town who might be of the sort who would draw sigils on floor? Heavens no. We have nothing like that around here. Hence why I wanted to uh, alert uh, certain individuals who want to know more about the supernatural. Um, I'd like to relieve ourselves of the more unsavory types that get attracted to the supernatural in exchange for those who, you know, are just curious and not meaning harm, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Then have you had any... You say you had no travelers recently either. Well, not no travelers, but no one who stayed overnight. Certainly there's travelers through town now and again for various reasons and businesses. Mm. And how many days has it been since you haven't been able to get into this room? Ooh, it's been... Uh, oh, when did I send the note out? It was oh, at least a couple weeks now. Gone. All right. Or just move to a different area. Mm. Possibly. Anyone else have questions for Mrs. Agnes Tanner? <laughs> moment. At least I am. Everybody else? Last question. How might we reach you if we do need you during the day? During the day? Uh, well, talk to Timothy. He, he can help with that. I, I prefer not to come out during the day, but if you must. Thank you. And anyone else doing anything tonight before we uh, move on to the next day? Nope. I'm gonna. I'm gonna still stay in that room. That room, yep. and do like a look around. Just a general look around the room once I've settled in and shoot everybody out. <laughs> I mean, you can take this room. There's only four anyway, so. Yeah, I'm planning to take the room because 
I think it would be lovely to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find the bedding isn't actually too bad here. Yeah. Um, made a good goose down or something like that. Until next time, dear listeners, blessings and good health. Salutations and valedictions for the Boneyards and Boodrums podcast are narrated by Andromeda. To learn more about the 1879 RPG, please refer to the episode notes. <laughs>